This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. WHCR 90.3 FM, New York. What up, what up, what up, what up? We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Am I on? Oh, there we go. Are you on? Yes, now I can hear. I got the blicky with the sticky and the slicky. The what? The blicky and the sticky with the slicky. Is that a happy 420 thing? No, it is not. It's a gun mode thing. Oh, okay. (laughs) Happy Earth Day, everybody. Yes, happy Earth Day. Happy 420 for those of you who celebrated on Friday. Yeah, two days ago. I know, well, I know some people were celebrating. Um, yes, yeah, so the way welcome. You responded, I think you're still celebrating. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, welcome. She doesn't to engage in those activities. 420 and 69. That's yeah, I, I neither. Okay, um, <laughs> we were having a debate this morning. Yeah. Does anybody know what Tom Petty that HO means? Have no. you heard this song, the Killer Mike song? No, I haven't right, heard well, Killer Well, if Mike anybody song. knows what Tom Petty that HO means, somebody should call us and let us know because we've been trying to figure it out. Stanley, you don't know? No, I do not know. I'm shocked. Actually. How does Stanley not know? Because the song was made by old dudes trying to act young. It's Killer Mike and Big Boy and some random guy on there. What is what is Killer Mike? Like 36? Like 42. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess he qualifies as old. Isn't um, Jay-Z yeah. older than that? <laughs> he's like yeah, 44. Like, he's Jigga Man. He's a god MC. He's the goat. <laughs> he, and he doesn't try to be young. He doesn't try to be trendy. He yeah. just is trendy. Yeah. Got it. Respect All right, guys. God. Well, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. This is the show where we talk politics, social issues, foreign policy, pop culture, Baychella for the second week in a row. And we do that all from a diverse millennial perspective. Happy Sunday, everyone. My name is Selena Hill, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Selena Hill. Is that... Is that your entire introduction, Selena? That's it. Yo, you don't put you don't put no spicy intros, beloved. What's going on, Queen? With your huxable turtleneck? What's <laughs> going on, beautiful people? This is Stanley Fritz, and I am glad to be back on the air. I missed your wonderful faces last week when I was getting yelled at and threatened by Governor Cuomo because we didn't endorse him. I'll tell you that story later. If you want to talk to me, you can do so on the Twitter at Stan Fritz or on Instagram at Stan Fritz or on Facebook where I have not started a war in how long a week now? I don't know, like twenty four hours. I don't. It's not you started a war yesterday <laughs> when you wrote that thing about Kanye West. That what was, did you write, Stanley? I wrote that Kanye West is an Uncle Tom. Still, oh, be, okay, yeah, because of that tweet, he supports no, because of his life conservative. And like, I know I said I would no longer be going after Uncle Tom's, and I will not. But in my defense, Kanye West does not want to be black. He's been striving to be white since at least two thousand and six. You need to back up that claim because I know that he did tweet a um, support of a black conservative, and but he what did else? Show up to Trump Towers when oh, yeah, Trump he did was. <laughs> like the president to yeah, go he post a picture and say he's looking forward to working with him and did say that he wanted to support Ben Carson as president during that pre- the Republican primary. So, yeah, Kanye West is in a sunken place. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, I... S- there's the evidence right there. <laughs> yeah, I can't like, oh. really argue with that. Well, and I'm not in a sunken place. Um, so but I guess I should tell you who I am. Yes. Um, my name is Alyssa Fuchs. I am your political and legal correspondent. Uh, so talk legal to me. And you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's Alyssa with an I, I-L-Y-S-S-A-F-U-C-H-S. Yeah, that's F-U-C-H-S. And F-U-2. Or you can find me on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs spelled the same way. Or, of course, you can always leave a question 
question or comment or hate mail on Politically Preposterous <laughs> fan page. That's Facebook.com slash Politically Preposterous or at Poll Preposterous on Twitter. And of course, you can always leave a comment for us on the Let Your Voice Be Heard live stream, which is Facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard. Can I ask yes. you a question real quick, Alyssa? Yeah. And just r- work with me. You like Cardi B, right? Yes. So... Is what she said racist in that song, Bicken Head? What did she say? I actually said, haven't heard that yet. Got the Jew lawyer, he gonna Jew up the charges? <laughs> I don't know. Well, if one, it wouldn't be racist. If anything, it would be anti-Semitic. But I don't know. This comes back to that conversation we have a lot, all the time, which is if somebody says something mm-hmm. that we somebody would deem to be stereotypical, but it's actually true, is it problematic, right? So like I can say that I got the Alyssa, she's going to draw up my charges. I mean, I don't know. Like, if I, like, like I got a call one day and the guy said, I want to have a Jewish lawyer because they do a good job. I think they do a good job. Like, somebody might take that as anti-Semitic, but I took it as a compliment, you but know? Like, if you said to me, like, I'm going to the liquor store, I'm going to I'm gonna Negro up the, the Hennessy, I'd be offended. Yeah, exactly. Well, you should, well here's, the, here's why I look at it. Stereotypes, whether negative in some contexts or positive, they're always harmful in a way because you're generalizing a a large group of people. So, like, yes, stereotypes are bad. Um, That being said. Look, Jay-Z had a line that he got in trouble for on the 444 album about this also when he was talking about generational wealth. We talked about that at length during our 444 conversation, and you should check that out if you haven't already by going to SoundCloud and checking out our archives. Yep, SoundCloud.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio. We're also on iTunes as well. So, yeah, good plug in, Alyssa. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, We're going to be continuing the discussion around Kanye, hopefully. Um, But we're going to delve into the state of black men and obviously kanye being back and dropping all of this philosophy it, it says a lot well kanye's a white woman so i don't think we have to talk so, about so we know you are not a kanye fan and guys no. if you are or you are not feel free to chime into our conversation the number is 212-650-6903 you can also tweet us at be heard underscore radio oh we are lit y'all you and see us? And you can leave a comment on our Facebook. Facebook.com slash let your voice be heard. Be heard. Mm. Yeah, we're on Facebook Live right now. And Stanley says that Kanye West is a coon. Or Uncle Tom. Excuse me. <laughs> Oops, I meant Uncle Tom. Oh, right. So. Uh, allegedly, allegedly. 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 So we're going to go. We're going to go on a break. Oh, when we come back. We'll see what happens if you talk more about Kanye. We also have some other news stories that we need to bring up. James Comey, obviously, he's back in headlines. He's he's everywhere. He's making media rounds. He just dropped a book. We need to talk about that and some other things. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard. I have no idea what he's saying. Because the whole song was censored, so it was <laughs> yes. like impossible to figure it out. Because every other word was profane. Yeah, no. He was like, I'm going to show you. <laughs> chair. I was like, what? It, like, seriously, like, it was really censored. Um, Okay. So we're back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here. This is here. apparently not HBO. Yeah. yeah, it's not HBO, guys. You know, let me tell you. And then another <laughs> thing. <laughs> Um, so this is WHTR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Which, by the way, our website's down, so if you're having any issues, you can head over to the WHCR site on WEBT, and you should be able to connect with us. <laughs> well, if they go to WHCR.org, <laughs> it automatically like, transfers them. them. All right, good. So that's how you find <laughs> us. WEBT? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Stanley's laughing because Alyssa said EBT. 
Yes. Um, okay, so we have a lot to talk about again. My name is Selena All Hill. Right, maybe I'm I got the acronym wrong. There's too many letters and numbers. No, Stanley just has a sense of humor of like a 15-year-old. Um, my name is Selena Hill. I'm here with Stanley Fritz, Alyssa Fuchs, and it's time for the news roundup. So um, this morning there was breaking news. Apparently a naked gunman... <laughs> gunman ran into a waffle house in tennessee <laughs> shot it up and killed some people i mean naked what? and he's white and i was he's 29 say, I, his I, name I, is I travis mean, like there's definitely a hashtag white people after that seriously wait, wait, for what for one second so like our condolences to the people who lost their lives absolutely and we never want people to get shot at but now that we said that let me get my jokes off what is Alyssa? homie <laughs> court right now you need to explain <laughs> white people yeah first, explain white people i'm like i'm jewish so i don't know if i can mm-hmm. like explain white people you, like that you lack you lack the melanin to get the explanation because <laughs> before this Katy Perry or um, Taylor Swift was out here trying to sing Earth, Wind, and Fire with, oh her, my no, God. with her zero range having behind. Someone said that her singing September sounded like housing discrimination. <laughs> Best tweet ever. <laughs> I was like, thank you for describing wait, my feelings. Uh, wait, I, 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 you know, I, I don't know. I think... <laughs> White people, uh, you know, like. Talk to your cousin. But why was he naked, Alyssa? Because like that's something that white people would do. I don't know. You but, think like, he was high? I, and he didn't get shot by the cops. He so. was definitely Yo, he's still alive. That's what. No, that's wait, what. He's the, alive? If yeah, he was black, they probably would have shot him. And then they said, "Oh wait, he did have a Hold gun." On, but can, can I tell you what happened? Apparently, a diner tackled the gun out of his hand, and then he made away. Oh, so, wait, they so got there the was gun. a good guy, but he didn't have a gun, but he was still able to no. stop the shooting. Hold on, can I say something problematic? If it was a black guy when he tackled him he was like no homo (laughs) (laughs) well hold on hold on let me just say this so the diner got the gun out of the the killer's hand and then let him go free i'm thinking like wouldn't you have shot him like if he was black you know he's like yeah you know there's very fine people on both sides (laughs) i can't like, I just can't right I now. Just, I can't either. Um, and also so can't even explain it. She's a of, lawyer. Speaking of gun violence, um, Friday was the National School Walkout. Um, there was a lot of people that walked out all over the country. Uh, Emma Gonzalez was in New York, and she was posing by the uh, Fierce Girl statue, which is apparently being moved onto Wall Street now. Um, and the bull may get moved also, and that's a whole brouhaha. Why, why are they moving the bull? Well, because they're <laughs> afraid that people are going to get runned over by terrorists in, in, in vans. Oh. Because of, like, the location. They think, like, it's a bad spot. Um, so now the girl may move to Wall Street and the bull may move with her, but the artist doesn't want... It's like a whole brouhaha um, here in New York City about these statues and... i the white people figure it out. You know, where they're supposed to be moving to. But anyways, um, the National School Walkout was extremely successful. Um, it was done on 420 to commemorate the first mass school shooting, which was the Columbine shooting. Um, and students walked out all over the country. They also, um, you know got people registered to vote who are 17 but turning 18 because you can register um, when you're going to be 18 before the next election and uh, got some town halls organized and you know the students are just doing a really really great job so shout out to the Parkland students and all the students across the country that are organizing about this issue. And shout out to Emma Gonzalez who was listed on Time Magazine's 100 most influencer um, biggest influencers in the world list so she made that list along with like Tiffany Haddish, Cardi B, etc. So yeah, they're doing great things. Let me throw some hot Hennessy. Can I? Can I? Can I just shout out the people you, you, who are you, commenting? You can, you can. But I just want to throw some hot Hennessy into okay. this. Shout out to the kids who have been doing gun violence activism for years and don't get paid attention to. Fair. You know what? 
Great point. And now that you said that, uh, I actually had a conversation with the co-founder of Black Lives Matter about this on Friday. Alicia, Patrice Colors. Patrice, no, Patrice uh, Colors. Have and you read her book? No, not yet. It's I haven't. Well, you're when not you, read it. well it's Alyssa, called. It's when, amazing. It's called When They Call You a Terrorist. A mm. Black Lives Matter memoir. Okay, and mommy. I asked her, I literally said, you know, how do you feel, Patrice, the fact that, you know, the Parkland activists are getting so much attention, national support, celebrity donors, um, you, you know, they, they get all of the spotlight when the work you were doing, especially around Trayvon Martin, who was gunned down right in Florida, you know, it, it just didn't get that same support. And she said, she gave a great answer. She said, you know, the Parkland activists, they deserve that much a- support. But again, it just shows you that when black and brown people are being killed, the country doesn't care. I mean, look, like I've said this before, it's not like a competition in some ways, right? right? Like just because somebody gets this little sliver, you know, um, doesn't mean it's necessarily taking away from everybody else. What it does mean is that people need to step up and donate to the black activists in the same way that they do to the Parkland students. Yes. Let me tell you what white privilege sounds like. It sounds like this. Oh, damn, my He got a record deal. Stop it. What he is did. this? Sonny, what are we listening to? That's a white kid that was yodeling in the supermarket, and then he went to Jimmy Kimmel, and then he got a record deal. This week, a black kid tried it, and he got arrested. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> he got arrested for what? Stanley, explain. I'm yodeling. Stan- where, what, what state is this? <laughs> Tennessee. Oh, my the God. Tennessee, <laughs> what is going on? First, white the people. shooting in the, the Waffle House, and now this, arresting black kids for yodeling. So we have a lot of comments. Shout out to all you guys who are watching and listening, especially via Facebook Live. So... Callie Mc, um, Mackenzie Janae says <laughs> Mackenzie Mackenzie says he just gave a heart eyed emoji appreciate you Kent J Mill says y'all are in super sync lol um, Callie says mad corny then he scolded Stanley for using bad language she, she. she and then Amy Jones says here brother heart appreciate you guys Amy Thank you. I love you beloved you being rude in Albany please tell me you are oh God. Um, so what else happened this week? So James Comey was sanctimonious on TV. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, there was a really, just to give some juxtaposition, there was a really interesting article that came out this morning in The Intercept mm-hmm. about how, like, James Comey apparently got called to the White House when Obama was president because uh, of some comments he had made about, like, mass incarceration. And, um, you know, like, Obama called him down there basically to say, like, something was, like, problematic. And, like, there was a kind of, like, a riff. And, you know... You know, there's sort of like this thing where like Comey is like putting aside all the Trump Russia like prostitutes and, you know, payoffs and and all that stuff. Um, You know, apparently like Comey's like very like law and order. Right. And, you know, but apparently the flip side of that is he also acknowledged that there are many white men that don't go to prison and get off with probation when black men go to prison for the same thing. So it sort of seems like towards the end of his term, he started to become more woke. Um, but there's a really good article about this in The Intercept this uh, this morning that I recommend people read. Um, that said, you know, I think the more interesting story this week about the Trump Russia Comey thing is actually the Michael D. Cohn thing. And Stormy Daniels came to town to go mm-hmm. to court, yep. and Michael Cohn was supposed to be in court, but he was smoking cigars outside the Regency. 
And um, and then yesterday I got this text message. Apparently my friend uh, got somebody sent this to them. It was on the subway. You know, like it's like a fake ad. It was supposed to be like a, you know, made to look like a real subway ad. And it says, got cop problems? Call the fixer. Hush payments? Check. Physical threats? Check. Payoffs to porn stars? Check. Playboy bunnies? Check. Michael Cohn, attorney at law. And then it says, www.thefixerlawyer.com. It reads literally like a Better Call Saul ad. You, like, and that's hilarious. The thing that I don't get is like as much as Trump and his posse are exposed for criminal activity or just like alleged uh, alleged criminal activity or, or just like some sh- shisty or, or shady things. It's like no one cares. Like he's still in office. It's horrible. White, hashtag Selena, white people. There's Seriously. This, there's an old um um parable that was told by a leader and it goes like this white <laughs> but um my favorite part story of this week and maybe it was last week i yes. don't know anymore but um, so stormy daniels described the person that threatened her and her child and they drew the person and the person looks just like tom brady the oh yeah for the new england patriots yep that was the funniest thing I saw the entire week. I think the best thing was her lawyer's tweet. She was coming to court on the Tuesday that it was really supposed to be a nasty, rainy day here in New York City, and it was. And he tweeted, it seems like it's going to be stormy in New York tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. Like, that is so cool. Yeah, That's the, hilarious. Petty is like, it's, it's great. Yes. There's so much petty. Speaking I love the petty. problematic white people that have way too much power and try to flex it unnecessarily, Governor Cuomo. So in case you guys yes. have not heard the news and were wondering why I was missing last week, um, a couple of grassroots organizations decided to endorse Cynthia Nixon for governor, which is you know, obviously their choice. I happen to be a part of one of these grassroots organizations, and the governor, Governor Cuomo, lost his top. And according to the Daily News, New York Times, Splinter, The Intercept, New York Post, and a bunch of other publications, and Bill Lipton, who is the New York Director of Working Families Party, the governor, Governor Cuomo, told unions if they gave funding to any organization like my organization or others that had endorsed Cynthia Nixon, they should lose his number. And then he threatened to pull people's 1099s and reach out to their funders to pull their funding. When asked about it earlier this week, he said, God punishes, I don't. <gasps> like, so, like, is, but, okay, let's just put things in perspective here. Does Cynthia Nixon even stand a chance to beat Governor Cuomo? You can't ask me that because I think so. That's, uh, I think it's too early to make that judgment call, I, to be honest. No, I think so. Let me tout you why. Zephyr Teachout was at 20% when she ran in 2014. Then Working Families Party endorsed Governor Cuomo in May, so pretty much, and she ended up getting 35% without Working Families Party and all those groups supporting her. She got 35%. Cynthia Nixon was at 20% when she came out. They did a new poll this week. She's at 27%. Meanwhile, 44% of New Yorkers don't think that Governor Cuomo necessarily deserves another term. Mm. There's plenty of time. Okay, so you're saying that his paranoia and these actions that he's taking are somewhat justified or? No, they're not justified. You don't do that. Like, you're a governor. You're supposed to serve the people. You don't try to punish people because they don't want to support you. But you can tell Governor Cuomo is nervous because all of a sudden he's doing his job. Right. He re- I saw that. You know, we'll talk about on the reenfranchisement a little bit later today, but he reenfranchised people who were on parole and out of, and out of jail to um, be able to vote now. And now, after saying he was against legalizing marijuana a month ago, he's like, oh, we should have a, a task a force study. to look and, into it. And earlier, he also um, he made it, I think he's trying to pass some legislation that would prevent children of um, 
who were victims of some type of abuse or trafficking from um, prosecute from right. Be- they're going to close that right, loophole being in, in court, and they also want to close a loophole that would prevent um, you know basically Trump associates from being prosecuted in New York if they got pardoned by the federal government, uh, which is a weird loophole in the double jeopardy law that we have here. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot more progressive flexing that he's doing. Yep. And in some ways, people will say, well, you know, that's like, look, Hillary moved a little to the left when Bernie sort of pushed her in that direction. Yeah, that's that's true. politics. There's you still shouldn't make threats. I agree. Um, you know, but what I will say is to your question, yep. could she win? Nobody thought Donald Trump could win. So anything's possible. <laughs> anything's plausible. I mean, I just personally think it's a little too soon to really see, you know, where we're at in that race. But, mm-hmm. you know, I do want to mention before we go on break, because we want to start our segment. Um, there are some special elections coming up like this week. Yes. Um, and, Shelly you know, Mayor so. Westchester. In Westchester. And so, you know, if you want to be involved in that, even if you live in New York City, I know they are looking for volunteers to go up to Westchester and knock on doors and do get out the vote. So get in touch with Stanley. Stanley. I have a bus going to Westchester this oh, wow. Tuesday. There you go. And you can definitely get politically involved if you want to volunteer. That's a great way that you can um, let your voice be heard and take action. Absolutely. And I just want to say, like Kanye just tweeted one hour ago. Question everything. Shut up, Kanye. No, so he's not brilliant? No, we're going on a break, guys. We don't listen to Uncle Tom's. Drake always make a song for the ladies. Yep. When his next album's coming out, he inspired you. Then he put a song out saying that he don't love you. Oh, I got bars. That was so we horrible. Are, we are back on <laughs> Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here on the PC Ones and Twos. I'm also here with Selena Hill and, of course, Alyssa Fuchs. What, what, what? Always with the snap back pointed back and the clap strapped. I don't know what that last part meant, but it rhymed like that, didn't it? And if you're listening on Facebook Live, we appreciate you, Amy. I love you. Callie, I adore you. Kent, you're the man. Edward Fitzgerald, comment. And shout out to Tamika Mallory, who is actually watching right now. TT, what's going on in the block? (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Candace, who says, who disputes Stanley and thinks that Kanye West is not an Uncle Tom. Kanye West is a knuckle-dragging, boot-licking, white-loving Uncle Tom who has wanted to be white his entire life. And now that he's gotten some money, he's definitely kissing the white man's ring. That's why you stand next to Donald Trump. That's why you prop up an Uncle Tom who went on stage and tried to pit black people against each other. That's why you support... um, Ben Carson, who's been in a sunken place since he retired from being a doctor, apparently. That's why you criticize black communities for being consumers, and then you try to sell them things. And by the way, his shoes are trash. Anyways. You just dropped the mic. Thank you. And last shout out to Leela. Martinez, who says, Layla. did you, Layla Martinez, who says, did you speak about the two men from Starbucks? Did you hear what they said? Thank you so much for that comment. Yes, we are going to be talking about the two men who were arrested in Starbucks right after Alyssa gives a quick little message. Um, so I just want to let everybody know that um, WHCR, as I said earlier, .org is currently down. So if you would like to watch or listen to our show on your Safari or your mobile device, um, you can click the play arrow under the WHCR. 90.3 FM on the bottom right under the watch part of the website um, and then click the Ustream box in the left hand corner um, and you should still be able to watch or of course you can watch us on Facebook live slash let your voice be heard. Yep and with that being said Stanley you want to kick us off we're talking about the state of black men 
in America. Yes, yeah, so we definitely want to talk about the state of black men in America. But before we do, I know, guys, with the Lang, I did want to give a very, very big thank you to Aqua Beal for making a donation to Let Your Voice Be Heard for WHCR, the Voice of Home. The work that we do here cannot happen without donations from people like you. So please, if you have a moment, go to whcr.org and give a donation to Let Your Voice Be Heard so we can keep on doing this great work. Now, on to the business. So, in case most of you have been living under a rock or you are just trying to survive as a black or brown person or a queer person or a trans person in this world that is run by a man that likes being peed on and is a color of pee, allegedly, Alyssa. Got to make sure my, my lawyer is happy. Anyways, well... About two Thursdays ago, two young black men stepped into a Starbucks to meet with a friend. They walked in there at about 4.35 p.m. Now, anyone who has ever been inside of a Starbucks, including myself, knows that Starbucks is a place you can pretty much live in. You can get a cup of water or maybe even one of those coffee cake muffins and warm it up because it's lit. Actually, don't go there. Don't go there. It's, it's amazing. And you can sit there for hours without being interrupted. So the men walk in at 4.35 p.m. At 4.37 p.m., the cops have been called on them. Why? Because... Some white woman who was the manager at the store feels that they have been loitering and they don't want to buy anything. The cops come in, handcuff these two young black men and put them in jail. They spent eight hours in jail for sitting down for two minutes without buying anything. And all of a sudden, people had to take a step back and wonder, what does it say to black men when you can't even sit inside of a Starbucks coffee shop without being criminalized? And it made us think back to Stephen Clark, who was shot um, over 10 times in his own backyard, including five times in the back and twice in the neck. And um, by the way, with that Stephen Clark story, the cops thought he was playing dead because apparently black people can't even be dead in peace. And it also made you think about Trayvon Martin, whose killer is still running around through these streets, probably holding guns and beating his wife because that's what he does to no accountability. And when you start to have those conversations, there's always the people from the right of you who will say, well, wait a minute, black people are doing great. Look at Kendrick Lamar. He just won a Pulitzer Prize. That is huge. Or look at Kanye West. Just kidding. Don't look at <laughs> Kanye West. Or they'll say Barack J. Kwan Hussein Obama, who was the president of the United States and is a perfect example of black masculinity. And they'll say that black men aren't doing that bad, which is what brings us to this conversation today. There are so many different interpretations and iterations of black men and black and male, excuse me, black male identifying men. And sometimes it's really hard to understand where we are, whether up is down, down is up, left is right, or for just spinning out of control. So we're going to have a conversation, and we want you guys to join us about the state of black men in America. And I want to give it to Selena, who's yeah. going to be helping to lead this conversation so I can talk spicy, and hopefully you can too. Yeah, no, thank you so much for that uh, introduction, Stanley. I mean, there's no one more appropriate to talk about the state of black men in America than Stanley Fritz, who is not only a black man, but uses... Um, all platforms to advocate for people who are trans, LGBT, people who are Islamic, you know, that to me is commendable in itself because as a black man, you have dealt with a number of different systems of oppression, obstacles and challenges. I mean, I think that when we look at what happened in Starbucks, um, a lot of people were like, hey, I go to Starbucks all the time. I always sit there. I don't always order um, any food immediately when I get there. Or if I do, sometimes you get a coffee and you drink it within like, what, 20 minutes and you yeah. sit there for two hours. But hey, if you're not a black man in America, you probably won't be arrested. And the question I wanted to start off with you guys on the panel and as well as anyone who's watching or listening is what is that current state 
of black men in America? And I know that's a really loaded question, but Stanley made also, he made some really good points about some of the black men who are being applauded for doing extraordinary work, like Kendrick Lamar and also Jay-Z, who just won a Peabody Award. And it's like these artists, and especially like Beyonce, they are unapologetically black and they are winning in mainstream America and they are continuing to get a number of accolades. But it's like... How is that juxtaposed with the reality of the black men in America? The reality is that that is the outlier. That is not the norm for black men in America. And obviously, I am not a black man. I am a white, uh, not you know, white queer woman, I should say. And but you know, through my work, what I can tell you is, uh, you know, I'm a civil rights lawyer, so I deal with these issues every single day in my work. And it's not just Starbucks. It's everywhere. It is uh, the black men who are kicked out of a Starbucks when every single white person can sit in Starbucks for six hours with impunity, buying one coffee or not buying anything at all. It's the black men who are throwing dice on the street, but who are not actually gambling, um, who are just playing a game with their friends, who are arrested and charged with promoting gambling um, because of the fact that they are black when a group of white guys can play poker at somebody's basement and nobody is raiding that game and arresting everybody. It is a black man walking into a bodega and shaking hands with his friends because he has to happens to see his friends there just as I do all the time when I walk into the deli by my house and then having the police run in and arrest him and claiming that they observed him selling drugs simply for shaking hands it is a black man who goes to throw an empty soda bottle out into an almost full garbage can and the soda bottle falls out of the garbage can and the police then run up and claim that he is littering and arrest him and take him to jail it is the black man sitting in car with other people and one of those people is a legal gun owner um, who has brought his gun up from Florida even though he's not supposed to do that and the police arrest everybody in the car and when the person who brought the gun from Florida says it's my gun I screwed up please do not arrest everybody it's the black men on the corner who are literally just hanging out not doing anything wrong who are arrested from lo- for loitering when loitering is not even illegal in New York City anymore it's a black man trying to sell his CDs in Times Square trying to make a living trying to get his music out there who is not being aggressive and is letting tourists walk by and say no I'm not interested and yet is still arrested for aggressively trying to promote his music in yeah. in violation of his First Amendment rights. It is everywhere. It is all the time. It is in New York City. It is all over the country. It is every single black man that gets shot by the police when they are holding a cell phone, a pipe, anything other than a weapon, or are not armed at all. That is the norm. That is not Jay-Z. That is not Beyonce. That is not Kendrick Lamar. Those are the outliers. Damn, Absolutely. Melissa, you done barred us up already. All right. Sorry. Show's Th- over, guys. See you next week. <laughs> Alyssa, Mics are off. <laughs> Alyssa definitely just dropped the mic. Thank you so much. And guys, if if you're listening or watching and you want to chime into this conversation, the number again is 212-650-6903. You can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio and keep those comments coming right here on our Facebook live stream. So Alyssa made a lot of great points. And, uh, you know, you really can't compare, you know, the people like Jay-Z's and Beyonce's and, you know, Kendrick Lamar's to the reality of what's going on and, and the fact that, Every single day is a fight. Every single day you are oppressed. Um, you know, the next thing I wanted to ask you, especially Stanley, as a black man, is what what does that feel like every day? Because I felt like this Starbucks controversy mm-hmm. was almost like a white wake up call for white America, for the people who weren't as woke, the people who are like, 
oh my god how can this happen and it's like what do you mean how can it happen it always happens Selena, black people are choked on facebook live they are shot in the face they're beat up by cops there's no wake-up call for white people white people been woke up it's just a matter of them ha- like acknowledging this stuff is messed up and doing something about it and you know what I don't know what it's going to take for that realization to happen, but it does have to happen because there's only so long you can keep on living in a world where people of color are treated like second-class citizens and nothing happening. And that's not a threat. That's just an observation of what happens throughout history. It's not good enough to just say, like, I'm not complicit in it. You are complicit if you don't speak up and say anything about it. Think of how many people were living in Germany that watched trains go by every single day, transporting Jewish people to be killed at gas chambers and said nothing. Said nothing. They were just as complicit as the people who are transporting people in the trains. And so if you are a white person, and this is why I said a couple of weeks ago during a different show, white supremacy is a white person problem that white people have to fix and deal with, then you have to speak up and you have to not be complicit. And I will give you a perfect example. I was at a family dinner a couple of weeks ago. I was having a conversation about racial justice and about the criminal justice system with one of my family members, and they did not or were not aware about some of these issues. And they were pointing out some things. And I love my family member. They're not somebody who's racist. They're just somebody who's uninformed. And I said, look, um, you know, this is what's going on. And here are some books that you can read, um, you know, some of these things that you're mentioning, they are the the trees and you have to look at the whole forest. And they actually said, can you send me some links to some books? And I did. And they are now reading Michelle Alexander's New Jim Crow. And so, you know, of course, there are going to be a subset of white people that you are never going to reach that are racist, that are backwards, um, that we're not going to get through to. But there is a large group of white people that can be reached if you just other white people who are woke take the time to speak to those people and explain some of those things to them. Right. Um, um, you know, and that is part of the way I know I'm jumping ahead that we have to move forward on that issue. Yeah, well, absolutely. I want to push back gently on you, Alyssa. All white people are racist, period. That's just what it is. And I think white people usually get red in the face and all myth about it when you say that. But it's true. And the best way to understand this is to take away the ill intent and the evilness of racist and the general trashness of being racist. Is you are a white person who was brought into a world that is full of racism, that you have been socialized under racism, that even when you are not trying to do it, people have treated you as different kind of way because of the color of your skin you are going to do some racist stuff or do some problematic stuff it is what it is and you literally have to work your entire life to decolonize your mind and your behavior you're racist stanley when you say all white people are racist are you referring to implicit bias which is scientifically proven that every single person has all white people are racist so what's the difference between that and implicit bias implicit bias is like you know like oh black person's over here i should cross the street but no all white people inherently have believe whether it's like overtly or internally has some belief that they are superior to black people and people of color and once again you know this is good money but white people over here who getting stuffed up in the face right now and starting to stroke your maga hats listen it's not about being evil or bad it's about being socialized into this and the best way to do it is with men and sexism men are brought up into a world where you're, you're constantly being told you are better than women you are smarter than women you are stronger than women you should make the decisions so even if you are not necessarily trying to be like outwardly sexist or hurtful to women you will exhibit sexist and patriarch patriarchic behavior because that is what you were born and raised into those are some strong comments from stanley fritz thank you so much for basically just breaking it down and said hey we're all screwed um 
On that note, we got to take a quick break. But don't go anywhere, guys. When we come back from this break, we're going to continue the conversation asking the question, what is the state of black men in America? This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Never the song. It's always a song. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. What's going on, Facebook Live? I appreciate you. This is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill with the Cosby sweater and, of course, Alyssa Fuchs with the snapback. It is 60 degrees outside, and she's still dressing like it's 23. I'm just going to own it. What were you doing last night? I'm cold, guys. I can't wear a sweater without Stanley Hayden. This studio hot. It's Alyssa, not that hot. A lot of people are always hot. So maybe I'm white because I'm always hot. Exactly, Stanley. Maybe you are white. You know, I did put mayonnaise on my sandwich the other day. <laughs> I can't. Ugh, I hate mayonnaise. Before it's we disgusting. get back to the topic, can I talk about something we need to protest? Coachella. They were playing swag surfing and the white people were waving their hands. Stop. You do not wave your hands during swag surfing. You swag surf. I can't. You swag surf. Sorry, Thank you for that PSA. That. I see you're very emotional about swag surfing and white people not knowing how to do the dance. Regardless of that, so we're having a conversation about the state of black men in America. And a few weeks ago, the New York Times put out an incredible article talking about um, black wealth and how even if black boys come from wealthy families, they are still subjected to not obtain that wealth and to actually drop down um, that class, like that system of classism and become less wealthy. Whereas white boys, um, if they're born into wealth, Statistics show that they will um, stay there. And also, I wanted to give a shout out to Vox, who just put a piece out uh, talking about education. When it comes to black boys in education, we know that statistically from grades K through 12, they are the ones who are punished. They are the ones who are suspended. They are the ones who are, are treated as criminals. They're basically criminalized while they are still boys. And instead of our system of education investing in young black boys, they criminalize them. And then obviously that's what uh, results in the school to prison pipeline. So it, basically what I'm saying is the state of black men in America roots all the way down to the state of black boys. And that's something that needs to be addressed and something that needs to be talked about if we want to um, if we want to help black men. So, you know, just to go off of that note and talk about the statistics a little bit, some of the best statistics on this actually come from Michelle Alexander from her book, The New Jim Crow, um, which essentially she makes the argument that there is a direct connection between slavery to Jim to the original Jim Crow during the 50s to the quote unquote new Jim Crow today, which is essentially using the war on drugs and the criminal justice system to mass incarcerate um, men of color. So to give you some of those numbers, there are currently more African-American adults under correctional control today in prison or in jail or on probation or parole than were enslaved in 1850, a decade before the Civil War began. As of 2004, more African-American men were disenfranchised due to felon disenfranchisement laws than there were in 1870, the year the 15th Amendment was ratified that prohibited laws that explicitly denied the right to vote based on race. Going off of what Selena said, a black boy today is less likely to be raised by both parents than a black child born during slavery. The recent disintegration of the African-American family is due in large in part to mass imprisonment of black fathers. And if you take into account prisoners, a large majority of African-American men in some urban areas have been labeled felons for life. In the Chicago area, the figure is nearly 80 percent. These men are now part of a growing undercast, uh, under not a class, an, a caste, permanently relegated. 
relegated by law to second-class status. They are denied the right to vote, automatically excluded from juries. They are legally discriminated against in employment, housing, access to education, and public benefits as much as or even more than their grandparents or great-grandparents who were during the Jim Crow era. Um, On that note, we actually have a caller on the line. We have Candace who would like to let her voice be heard. Welcome to the show, Candace. Check out Better Nails. Hey, y'all. Hey. Yes, please do check out Better Nails. Um, so I have a couple of questions and comments. So one, um, I recently gave birth to a son, so he is a black man now um, in America. So this is a really interesting and concerning topic. Um, and knowing Stanley, um, one of my questions are, you know, how do you feel on the day-to-day as a black man? Because you are an educated black man, but no one sees your education. They see your skin color at first. Um, so that, to me, is something interesting, and I'd love to, to hear you share on that. But before we go there, I'm just, you know, this is such an interesting topic because for so many reasons or so many times, we're everywhere we go, whatever we do, no matter what, we're faced with a white face in front of us. Um, it, there's pretty much nowhere that you can go where they're not connected in some way or some capacity. And race relations exist through them because they hold up those standards and those different, you know, laws and and, and jurisdictions and places that don't serve us as black people. And as we go to day to day, we have to be considerate of them. A white person doesn't have to be considerate of them, um, any of laws or any, you know, stereotypes or, or, or systems of bondage because it's not instituted against them. So when you see a lot of white people, you know, as having white friends and going to diverse school or whatever, you they don't have to have those considerations. They don't have to think, oh, is this racist or not? Because it's not against them. You know, and like you said, Stanley, it's something that they grow up with. It's instituted, whether it's deemed as negative or positive for them. They don't live in that world where they have to be considerate of that. So when you're, they're 35 in corporate America, you're trying to teach them something that they don't even know that they learned. They don't even understand that they, you know, that they have as a system that they typecast people in. So it's really interesting to be able to break down something that a lot of people don't even recognize because most people don't even encounter other black people. They encounter their some their same race, so they don't notice it as something that's, you know, deemed as, oh, that's negative or that's racist, racist or you shouldn't say this or shouldn't say that. They don't, they have no concept. So that's something to me that starts in difficulty to break down, but you know, I, I'm just curious as to what your um, answer would be to that question, Stan. So, first of all, thank you so much for calling in and like and sharing some of your thoughts. And I think I'm inclined to agree with a lot of what you said. Um, just about white people can enter into spaces just as like Chet or Rhett or Noah. They don't. They don't. There's there's no other underlying factors. Growing up as a black man, oh man, there's so many different layers to like ways to answer that question. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll do two two quick sides because I know we're running out of time. So like this is like before I really was like very aware of like the the broader issues and like how things connect, and then afterwards. So before there was like I've always been aware of my blackness, and if any moment I tried to forget, my father and the people around me reminded me very quickly. So there's there was like this always subtle anxiety of just like not being enough or not being good enough. And like that really kind of structured the way that like I grew up and the way that I prioritized things because for a long time, it was just a competition to be better than all white people. I remember when I got to college and I was finally in a space around white people in those classrooms, I was trying to be smarter than all of them. 
because I knew you had to. I was trying to make them look bad, and I'd be like, there was just so much pressure on me to destroy these white folks, and they didn't even care. They weren't even thinking about it. They're like, oh, hey, Stan, want to smoke some Oxycontin? Like they, weren't, like, they weren't thinking about like that. So there's that point, and then there's a point of, like, being aware and, like, of, like, who you are and of your blackness. And once again, it's a lot of anxiety. It can, it can be a lot of pressure, but also it's, like, empowering, too, because, like, you represent a long, like, lineage of, like, people who have fought, who have sustained, who have clapped back, who have just done what they needed to do to survive. And there's all these untold and unheard stories that I have not even tapped into that I'm excited to hear. But that really took being in spaces where there was love and support and building and understanding. And the last piece of being a black man that I'll get into is a piece that I'm starting to discover and really unpack now and I think is the most important thing. And if I can give you some unsolicited advice for you and your son, I would really emphasize you do this now. Men, all men, but particularly black men in Caribbean households, we don't get to live as our complete selves because you grow, you grow up and you're told you can't cry because only girls cry. You can't feel sad. So you only have two emotions. You feel happiness and you feel rage. Those are the only two things. So you get taught from a very early age to be violent, to be aggressive, to just like sink in all your feelings, to be detached. And what happens is you bring up these broken black men, people who are unable to express themselves and open up. So even me at 32 years old, it, it, it's like it takes moving heaven and earth to tell my girlfriend, the most important person in my life, that, hey, something you did hurt my feelings because it makes me feel weak. And that's another part of being a black man that we really have to address because we haven't been addressing it. And black women and women overall have been suffering, but particularly black women because of it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Candace, for uh, calling in and asking that question. And thank you so much, Stanley, for those remarks. Um, actually bringing this conversation to a close. Um, before we do, Leah Martina, she chimed in on Facebook Leah. saying, and I quote, one of the black men arrested at the Philly Starbucks has says this is not a black people thing. It's a people thing. And that sort of leads us to. Uh, final comments, because we do see this as a larger systematic issue. But what is it? What needs to be done to fight these systems? So I'm going to answer that question in a second. But before I get there, I just wanted to, uh, to address quickly Gregory uh, Bessett's comment. Or I, I'm sorry if I got your last name wrong. Um, he said you need to be dealing with sexism and homophobia among black men um, because, they, you know, until they correct their behavior on those issues, the issue you're talking about matters to, you know, only females and, you know, other commenters on this show. So just to address that, Stanley just addressed part of that, sort of the sexism issue. And I just wanted to make a quick comment about homophobia homophobia. Um, you know, as a gay person or a queer person, um, I have a lot of friends that are black gay men. And I just, you know, we didn't really get to get into that during this conversation as much as we would have liked to today. Um, but gay black men occupy a, almost a completely different space, yeah. um, you know, in that they are, you know, looked down on amongst the black community in many cases, and they don't feel like they fit in there. And they also do not fit, feel like they fit into the gay white community, which also tends to disenfranchise them. So maybe we can get into that conversation in more in depth on another show but I think it's worth mentioning that black gay men fa face a whole host of issues um, that straight black men do not face now getting back to answering Selena's question um, voting um, and and to, to go one step further and to come back around to where Stanley sort of started. So Governor Cuomo in New York announced this week that he is going to allow uh, people who are on parole to vote. Uh, currently, in many states, if you've been convicted of a felony, you are never allowed to vote again, period. You are completely disenfranchised, which sort of goes to some of the statistics that I was bringing up. Um, 
when black men are disenfranchised and they cannot vote, then they cannot vote for candidates who are going to make the progressive changes that they seek, that are going to help move us forward in, um, and, you know, make changes to our criminal justice system and um, make changes to uh, the kinds of economic systems that we have um, and make all the changes that would support the kinds of racial justice that would get us to a better place where the state of black men in America would improve. And so while Governor Cuomo's announcement is really great because in New York, we actually do reinstate voting rights um, for felons. Um, and so this not only says, you know, we're going to reinstate your rights to vote in New York, but we're also going to allow you to vote on parole. The fact is Governor Cuomo does not control the other 49 states in this country um, and does not control the federal government and does not have the ability to do that. And so what we should be doing is if you are able to vote, you should vote for people um, that say that they want to work on voter reinstatement um, and end voter disenfranchisement because ultimately those are the people who are saying I think more black men should be allowed to vote and when more black men are able to vote, we will move this country forward. Um, so I definitely think, um, think that is one thing we need to be doing amongst the other things that I mentioned earlier in this segment. Yeah, Stanley, really quickly, in about 20 seconds or less, how can we combat these systems of oppression that dis disproportionately affect black men like yourself? Black men have people fighting for them. They're called black women. No one's fighting for black women. So black men fight for black women, and they'll in turn fight for you. Thank you for that. And what? 2.5 seconds. Always Listen. depend on Stanley. Um, I just want to bring this conversation to a close by just saying that, I mean, number one, I, I feel like the problem here is... We need to recognize what is happening, right? We see the statistics, we see the support, the the we see the the reports that come out. We see what happened to Stefan Clark um, and, and the other man who was shot dead in Walmart um, while he was in the parking lot. There was another black man who was shot down in Utah while he was literally raising his hands up for police. They shot him down, and it's like we continue to see these black men shot down. We, we continue to see their life just snatched away. And it's almost becoming normalized. And we have to take back that narrative and humanize these people. Humanize them and say that these lives matter. That black man had a name. And that black that little boy that he was like was arrested for yodeling, like something that's like completely ridiculous. We have to stop. We have to stop. And I think that, you know, shout out to everyone who participated in this conversation because we are the answer. You are the answer. Obviously, if you're paying attention enough to even support our local show, then that means that you care about this issue. And the fact of the matter is we just need to take it a next step by either voting for people who support the causes that we do or going out and running for elections ourselves so that we can turn this political system upside down and get the changes that we need to see. On that note, I just want to say thank you for everyone. Thank you to everyone who called in who chimed in via facebook and twitter we appreciate you guys make sure that you continue to support us on patreon.com that's patreon.com slash be heard radio and if you give a small donation there you'll keep us on the air and we will continue to support the issues that you guys care about on that note we want to say goodbye thanks for listening and we'll see you again next sunday god willing on whcr 90.3 fm i see the I ain't gonna stop. I ain't. <laughs> we the best music. I said the time out of the music. I said the time out of another one.